So there's a ton of reasons why uh, a story or a movie could be considered in our estimation bad. Now your your version of a bad movie or a stupid movie uh, might not be the same as somebody else's estimation of that. <laughs> uh, I really liked the movie Dumb and Dumber. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I did not actually. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I did in high school for sure. Uh, anyhow, uh, your your estimation of you know whatever makes a, a thing bad isn't necessarily somebody else's. But when we come to a movie or or a story with uh, with certain expectations and those expectations are interrupted or or misplaced um you know matt mentioned like he watched a movie and he thought it was a comedy and it certainly was not um you know that that is a real letdown uh you know character developments or plots that just don't make sense you're just like where does that come from why it can be really frustrating can it and um and so that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today uh in in terms of bible study because there are times when we're reading the Bible where the plot all of a sudden includes a story and you're like, what? Like, why is that there? Or actually, it may make us feel really uncomfortable because, um, guess what? The Bible is not all PG. Uh, it, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's appropriate in the way that it talks about things, but it's also um, kind of raw at different points. And, uh, and that might make us feel uncomfortable. Um, there are, uh, sometimes, you know, we, we, there are information about characters that just isn't developed the way that we would like it to be. And so I, I don't, I can't attach myself to this character or understand it. And, um, that does not necessarily mean that it's a bad story, right? Cause this is God's story that we're talking about. So now all of a sudden we're like, okay, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. I can easily say that about a movie or a book. Uh, but now I'm talking about God's word. And what we can tend to do is just kind of skip those uncomfortable or difficult passages and just be like, I don't know, that's up to somebody else. It must not mean anything to me. But if God inspired it, then it's something that he wants us to know, isn't it? Like the strangest parts of Leviticus and the weird laws. Uh, the, the stories that just seem to come out of the blue in, in a, a certain text, like I think it's like Judah and Tamar, uh, and that, that whole story seems to just be like, what? Why is this here? And like, I don't even want to think about this stuff. And it's so horrid. And yet, like, why is it, why is it here? And we need to actually wrestle with that and answer those questions. And um, one of the biggest questions that came out of our survey over when I did that back at the beginning, in the end of September, back at the beginning of the series, where I asked, I sent a survey out to the congregation, and a lot of people came back with responses. It was really helpful and really great. And one of the biggest questions was like, how do I understand some of the parts of the Old Testament that are really difficult to understand? How do I deal with some of these obscure customs and beliefs and um, things that don't seem to fit? How do I deal with all of that? So I wanted to devote a whole Sunday to that, um, to, to dealing with difficult passages. And the, the big idea for today is to dig deep into difficult passages to know the heart of God. To avoid the temptation to just skip over it, uh, to just say, I don't know, shrug our shoulders and walk away. And to actually dig deep and feel, 
semi-confident to do that, even if we don't walk away with all the answers that we wanted to walk away with. Okay? So dig deep into difficult passages to know the heart of God. Um, so we're going to talk about, I just want to outline a couple of guidelines. Um, and, and as I'm thinking about difficult passages, I just wanted to define what I mean by difficult. Um, so I, I categorized it into three types uh, again, this is, not, this is not the literary types that we've been talking about now. <laughs> There's no literary type of confusing, um, but you maybe think there is. Uh, so uh, three types of difficult passages, uh, confusing, uncomfortable, and distant. So by confusing, I mean confusing. Like, like what does that mean? I don't understand that. Uncomfortable, like that makes me squirm a little bit. That's saying something about God that I'm not sure that it should be saying. Um, or that's saying something th- about that character that doesn't look heroic to me, but it's sort of, you know, like I've always thought of that character as a hero. Um, uncomfortable, and then distant. Uh, that's like culturally distant. Like, um, I don't understand what in the world is going on because there are some cultures at play here that are so foreign to me that I, I don't know what to do with this. So that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about difficult passages. And uh, so what I want us to do is to embrace difficulty as a good thing. Embrace difficulty as a good thing. Like, like if God put an obscure passage in the Bible, do you think maybe it's obscure for a reason? Do you, do you think maybe it's, it's strange because he wanted it to be strange and that's going to actually cause us to work harder at figuring out the meaning and in that we're going to actually get to know God and hear from God because... This is the way that he's chosen to reveal himself. Like God doesn't like to hide himself. He, he gave us his bio, the word. Like He gave us his word to reveal himself. And so he's not intentionally saying, oh, I'm just going to put things in here to make you feel stupid. He, he's actually saying, I, I just want you to work hard at knowing me. And, and if, if we want, if our goal of Bible study is to walk away with all of the right answers and have all of our questions answered, then difficult passages are going to be really, really frustrating. But if the goal of our Bible study is to interact with the living God, then difficult passages are just all the more opportunity to say, God, I don't get you. Help me to get you. <laughs> Help me to see you here. Um, and I think, I think the fact that, that we shy away from difficult passages might reveal a little bit of our heart in, in approaching Bible study. Like, why would, we, uh, why would we want to shy away from anything that God has revealed except that, you know, we want to be, walk away feeling vindicated that we've, we've discovered all the answers. And, and we, we can figure this out. We're smart enough. We're wise enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> so, embrace difficulty as a good thing. Uh, secondly, uh, thirdly, sorry, pray faithfully. Pray faithfully. Um, this is an opportunity, again, to, to recognize, Lord, I don't get this. I'm dependent upon you. My mind is too small. Uh, there are things that I don't understand about your word. You've revealed yourself in some awesome ways. I'm right here again, but needing you. And so pray faithfully when you're coming to difficult passages. He really does work in our minds and hearts to understand his word. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I'm preaching or get, prepping for a sermon, I should say, 
and like it's just not coming. I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't understand the relevance of this text for this week, and like I don't even totally get the text. It's just not coming together, and I'm like, oh wait, I haven't prayed enough. Like I, I just really haven't cried out to God in desperation, and uh, and I can I can just spin my wheels against the study, and then all of a sudden I start praying, and the Spirit of God works and He moves, and I'm like, oh, I see. Like, that's not mysticism. That's like God is real. <laughs> that's like God actually works, and He answers prayer, and we believe it. Slow down and take more time, resisting the urge to skip what is difficult. Uh, we, we live in a very... I want it now culture, right? I want it, give it to me now, give me the, the cliff notes. Um, I keep, there's this um, ad that keeps coming up on my social media. It's, it's, called, it's for a company, I think it's called Accelerate. And it's, it's like um, theology books in bullet point form. Like they just take out the main, uh, you know, the main portions. And I'm like, I so want that. I so want that because I just want the bullet point. Just give it to me fast. And uh, I keep resisting mainly because I don't have the money for it. But, um, but we need to learn as a culture, in a, in a fast-paced, give-it-to-me-now culture, McDonald's culture, to sit down and enjoy the meal. To sit down and eat the steak. And to chew on it until it's tender enough to swallow. Resist the urge to skip what is difficult. And that, if that means carrying out your study, you know, say you have a half an hour and, you know, like that's really what I have. Um, if that means carrying that text into the next day and into the next day until you wrestle with God uh, to the point where you're like, yeah, okay, I see, what you're, I see what you're saying here. Or I don't see what you're saying here, but I see this part of, of you in this text. Um, then do it. Take the time. In difficult passages. Um, Lean heavily on context when you're dealing with difficult passages. Surrounding passages, uh, when, I, when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about surrounding passages and the flow of the book. Um, so you can think of the argument of a book or the, the, the flow of a book like a stream. Okay? And imagine yourself standing on a bridge on top of a stream and you look out to the left and the stream is flowing to your right. Okay? And then you look out to the right, and the stream is still flowing to your right. It's flowing in the same direction. What is happening to the, all the water that I can't see underneath the bridge? It's flowing to the right. It doesn't just like automatically turn directions, and, and, and you know, it's doing some weird swirly thing underneath the bridge. No, it's, it's most likely flowing in that same direction of thought. And so you probably need to slow yourself down. And in slowing yourself down, look at the context, look at what's happening before, look at what's happening after, and try to understand, like try to put those things together. What are, what are some of the connecting words to the context? And, and what are maybe some words that are repeated in this passage of Scripture uh, that, that are picked up in other parts of the context? Um, so whether that's a narrative and that's a story and, and you're like, oh, wait, this narrative feels like it's out of the blue. It's actually probably not. It's probably very intentionally put there. Uh, maybe it's out of chronological order, but it might not. It's not out of the 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 mind of the author and the argument that they're trying to make. It, it's flowing in the same direction as its context. Um, separate yourself from cultural assumptions. 
Um, so when we're dealing with difficult passages, we need to work a lot harder at lens number one, the them lens, right? Um, we need to work a lot harder to not try to immediately understand what in the world is going on here in a way that I can understand, but what in the world is going on in a way that they understood it. Um, we're going to look at a difficult passage today that, that might be uh, some of that. So separate yourself from your cultural assumptions. Um, what are, let me just ask you this. What are some cultural assumptions that we have that make interpreting the Bible difficult? What are some cultural assumptions in 21st century America, Quarryville, Solanco, whatever, that, that we bring to interpreting the Bible? I'll start you out with one, the one at now culture. Like, like it may, that makes interpreting the Bible difficult when, when the Bible is being written across all of history and we're like, no, I want, I want the, the short, synced, succinct version. All right. So that's, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. What are some other cultural assumptions that make interpreting the Bible difficult? Matt? Right, you said a right to be heard, or like I have my rights, rights of the individual. And uh, that makes it difficult in even applying the Bible and, 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 and seeing that God's not, that's not his primary concern. But it's also a, a cultural distance because that, that wasn't even a thing in, their, in the original cultures in which it was written. So we, could, we might read some things through that lens of individual rights when he's really talking much more corporately or we're, we're looking at it and saying, how could you think of, about saying something like that? And, and they're like, well, that wasn't any problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no absolute truth is going to make interpreting the Bible really difficult. <laughs> yeah. So this is just a sampling, right? Like there's a million cultural assumptions that... that we can come to the table with, um, and, and you, you might think of like a lot of cultural assumptions that are out there in the world that influence the world in, in, in it, but like we got to understand we bring cultural assumptions to the table. Like we bring some, some of that me-centered and individual like rights stuff to our own Bible reading, uh, and that's part of what can make um, Bible reading so difficult. Um, use Bible dictionaries, lexicons, atlases, and encyclopedias before using study Bibles and commentaries. Um, so a Bible dictionary is going to tell you kind of like the definition of a theological word or a place or something like that as it's used all across Scripture. Um, lexicons are going to give you the, um, the definition of the original language word. Uh, so it's like a dictionary in the original language, in a sense. Um, so he, Greek and Hebrew, some Aramaic. Um, atlases, of course, are, you know what those are. They're maps um, and, and stuff that might help you with, you know, what, well, what is he talking about when he says, uh, like battle scenes, for example, are like the hardest thing for me to follow. Like, what is he talking about? And this is so dry and boring, and I don't understand any of it. And, but God put battle scenes in the scriptures, and he tells us where they're going for a reason. Um, encyclopedias, uh, again, are just going to have some longer uh, entries, a lot about places and people. Um, and so use those things before rushing to the study Bible notes or the commentary. Because, again, we want that easy everywhere, right? Like, we, we want the answer now. We want it quick. Um, but 
what you're going to get in the commentary or the study Bible is somebody's opinion on that. Um, whereas, you know, you can, you can check your opinion or hear what different opinions are out there. Absolutely, I encourage you to do that. Um, even, even talk to somebody else about it. We need to be doing study and community. Um, but but in, in terms of like reading the story and really digging into the story, you're going to be able to develop your thought and even evaluate some of those other things better if you understand the places, understand the people, understand the words. Um, so, so, you know, identify those confusing things. I'm not saying you've got to do this for like every word in the text, but like I don't understand where Shechem is. Well, that might be a good thing to look up in a Bible dictionary or on a, in an atlas. And there's stuff online for this. Like if you're using uh, blueletterbible.org or Bible Gateway. Well, Bible Gateway doesn't have a lot but the Bible. Um, Blue Letter Bible and BibleStudyTools.org are two that have a decent amount of resources uh, online. You can also get a free uh, subscription to Logos Bible Software. And uh, that has about the same amount of stuff that Blue Letter Bible or Bible Study Tools has, but it might be a little easier to access. Um, they have a nice web app and stuff like that, so you can get a free subscription to that. It doesn't have a ton of tools in the free subscription, but you can also buy more and add more to the library and keep it up. So, um, And then realize, oh, this is a really important one, realize that not everything that is described is affirmed. So like, you're like, well, why did he have so many wives and concubines? I thought he was a man after God's own heart. In fact, um, I think that's like the next section, or maybe the section right before what we read about David. It says like, he's got all these wives and concubines, like, and God's blessing him, and what does that mean that God wants us to have a ton of wives and concubines? I hope not. Um, and so, you know, like that, that's uncomfortable. That's frustrating. That's difficult because you're, you're now trying to wrestle with, well, what does God mean in this? So if we recognize it's describing something, and there's maybe some cultural assumptions that we need to work through, but it's also describing something, not prescribing something. So just because David had a bunch of wives and concubines doesn't mean that Andre needs to find a bunch of wives and concubines just because David jumps off a cliff doesn't mean that you do too, okay? He's not the hero, God is. Um, do not build whole doctrines around unclear passages. That is such an important one. Um, you, you'll hear and you'll talk to people that like have these wacky interpretations of this very specific verse and then like that becomes their like hobby horse. That's their thing and they just talk about that all the time and you know, these stones and that whatever, and like, just stop. Don't build whole doctrines around unclear passages. Now, you work to understand the unclear passages, but the more unclear a passage, the more you're going to hold that in an open hand. All right, so we want to take some time and practice. And I, I didn't, this time I decided not to do a whole lot of, like, you know, specific things to look for in the who, what, where, when words, uh, because... Well, this is not a, a literary style, so there are going to be a lot of different literary styles, a lot of things at play. Um, and what I thought we would do instead is just practice with a passage that is difficult to a lot of people. First um, Samuel 28, 1 to 25. And um, I'd love for somebody to read that. Jen, 
Would you mind reading that? It's a little lengthy, but you can do it. 